May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What are the wounds at the very heart of our public life and culture? Perhaps they are too variable and too dangerous for us to articulate. Even so, some seem undeniable. This past week, we have witnessed and participated in services for the catastrophe at Grenfell. In recent weeks, many of us have rightly grieved over violent tragedy that took place in Manchester and Southwark a year ago. Such is the pain of the world that we might spend most hours of every day in grief and fury. Tragedy gestures to tragedy and gestures beyond itself to the wounds and fractures of our life and culture. These wounds in public policy, in personal and cultural identities, in who or what counts as valuable, find their level in real bodies and lives, and in the loss of those lives and the loss of dignity, of material and spiritual safety. It could not happen here, where it means catastrophe or collapse or disaster or tragedy or the retreat of civic respect and responsibility. It could not happen here. If the comfortable nations of the West have received a slow education in the limit of safety and the fragility of power, the majority world has long known how readily the dream of it could not happen here is exposed by the facts of human cruelty or natural disaster or imperial caprice. The people of the Bible knew it too. That's part of what makes it so marvelously compelling. The Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is unflinching in its exposure of human cravenness and unfaithfulness. Thus, we hear today of the prophet Jeremiah called by God to the heart of Jerusalem's worship, the temple, to speak out for God's truth into the people's complacency. Jeremiah stands in the gates of the Lord's house and invites those who worship there to amend their ways, to return to the living God. He speaks in resistance to an ideology that believes Jerusalem cannot fall or be torn asunder because God has promised through David, through Solomon, through the facts of the temple to make his unconditional home there. Jeremiah exposes the fantasy that if all else should fall to ruin, the God of Israel has promised Jerusalem and the temple for all time. 
It could not happen here. Yet Jeremiah is treasonous to this imperial and imperious claim. He reminds his listeners of the fate of Shiloh. Shiloh was a northern shrine that long ago had been destroyed because of the people's disobedience to the ways of God. But to the proud southerners, assured of God's blessing in Jerusalem, what happened in Shiloh was just up north. It was elsewhere. Down south, Jerusalem way, that fate couldn't happen. Not on holy Mount Zion. Jeremiah takes a profound risk. A risk for God when he calls the temple authorities and the people back to God's priorities and requirements. He calls the people away from a reliance on deceptive words, on neat liturgy, back to the very depths of the covenant. The people must not mumble the mantra, this is the temple, this is the temple, this is the temple, we are safe. As if it were a magic formula. They must act justly and not oppress the alien, the orphan and the widow. They must be faithful. How readily might Jeremiah's words be declared against us when we seek to use words for propagandist or self-indulgent effects? How readily might they be used against us when we, or the communities in which we find ourselves, seek to take strength from erecting barriers to hope or human flourishing? When we create orphans and widows and use the concept of the alien as a way of bolstering a divisive culture rather than being faithful to the living God. It could not happen here. Part of the logic of Jeremiah seems to be that God shall tear down the faithless and the empty and those who use his name for the sake of bolstering position rather than entering into relationships of grace. But I cannot bring myself to believe that God is in the business of smiting. Nor should we make the tasteless and indeed disgusting claim that God is an agent of tragedy who revels in destruction and uses violence and disaster to bolster his own claims and ends. That would be an example, I think, of, of a God made in the image of the greedy the empty, the faithless. It is a God us humans have always struggled to resist. No, the living God, the God of Jesus Christ is the one who exposes our hubris and self-righteousness, who reminds us to let go of the imperial fantasy that it could not happen here. Who, more than that, 
reminds us in every moment, glorious and tragic, ordinary and exalted, of our call to mercy, grace, justice, to the love that is not sentimental but costly, who invites us to cleave to the God who, as the Magnificat has it, hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, who hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. St. Paul reminds us that none of us should presume on our righteousness. We should not convert it could not happen here into an individualist analog. I am safe and good and holy. Rather, God shall be merciful unto those whom he shall be merciful. Human will and control is secondary to God's mercy. And yet, the call is away from the cheap presumptions of our privilege and power towards the other vulnerable and strange, who transforms. We ought to be alert to those words of Hosea quoted by St. Paul today. Those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called children of the living God. It could happen here. Not catastrophe or disaster, but a living on hope and promise. It could be that we might begin so to delight in the gift of Jesus Christ that we dare to place ourselves in the hands of the other whom we are inclined to fear whom those with vested interests in the status quo mark down as second-rate, troublous. It might be that in mutual recognition there is a renewal of faithfulness to the one who will not accept our cheapening of grace. Our safety is not to be found in pious formulae or through constructing exclusive rhetorics. Our safety is found in the God who is not safe, who wishes to mold us according to the pattern of his grace, the frail clay of our bodies, shaped according to the Prince of Mercy, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.